Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Natural State. Uh, this is Steve, your co-host, and joined with me tonight is Zach. How are you today, Zach? Oh, what's going on, man? We are one week closer to football. Well, we've made it through, what, three of these now, right? And they haven't shut us down yet. That's that's surprising. I mean, a little bit. We got a lot of we got a lot of listens last week, though. We did, we did. Got the uh, got our new Hoggets uh, segment going, and uh, I was pretty pretty impressed with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Hoggets bring a following. So got another you, one. Hoggets. Got a, another one later tonight. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Just wait. I think we're going to have some fun with them. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm coming in kind of hot tonight. Oh I'm, crap! Do I need to get comfortable again? You probably should. Yeah, just pull the recliner up. Oh lay back, boy, keep your pants hey, on. For those of you that don't know, we have moved our operation temporarily to. We are actually recording tonight from my house. Yay! And so we are yeah. sitting in my kitchen as we are recording this. So there's been a lot of controversy this week. You know, I've noticed that we the last like two episodes we've done. Oh, I'm just talking about in the in the general world of Razorback fandom. There's a lot. I, I think it's. I think it's stir craziness right now. I think everybody's ready for football. I think we're tired of talking about football. I think. Well, you get the taste of it at the spring game in April. Yeah. And you really don't see anything. And then you go. I mean, of course, you've still got baseball going. And we all know how the baseball program does. I mean, that's a perennial Omaha team. I mean, it's our only winning program. It For now. For now. But, you know, you've still got baseball, yes. But everybody's excitement comes around football season. Well, yeah, and I mean, obviously. So you get so. that one little tease, dangle it in front of you, and then it's gone for another, I mean, it goes dead, it, you're, you hit a dead period until SEC media days, and then they dangle it out in front of you again, and then you're dead for another month. I think now everybody, I have to agree, everybody's getting to that point where it's like, all right, talking season's over, let's let's hear those pads pop. I, I, and I get that. And so here's what's here's what's bothered me though over the last couple. Uh, really, what's bothering you? Really, Steve? over the last week is, and you know, this could be a fun segment for later. But um, Razorback Twitter is kind of pissing me off right now. So that we should name this segment the ridiculousness of Razorback Twitter. We sure, I, I, absolutely, because there's some ridiculousness going on. If right now. you'd like to have a jingle made, send it to us. Yes, because hey, we're gonna yeah, this is happening every week because it's. As football season gets going, it's going to get even more ridiculous. I think whether we win or lose, like Amari, well, I think I think even if we win, somebody's somebody somewhere is going to find that one negative note. Hey, we won, but but they're already finding the negative. Okay, so here's the deal, people, and, and I think this kind of started with uh, on on drive time and and maybe earlier, but um, one of the commentators on there jumped on and made some mention about not having enough, uh, not not getting enough access to practice. So that has kind of grown legs over the last little bit. And I guess my issue is, is every time I pull up Twitter, every time I pull up Facebook, every time I listen to the radio, um, all we get to hear about is how nobody has access to practice except for the first 20 minutes. And we can't watch a scrimmage and we can't do this and we can't do that. Because apparently there's some sort of entitlement within our fan base that they think they can watch every single practice and know every single thing that's going on in the program. I, my issue with that right now is Chad Morris is trying to build something. Chad Morris has got a he's got a lot of new going on. He's got a lot of he, he doesn't want the distractions of the media there on the sidelines the whole time, and and I have no problem with it. Now, if this was year three or four and this program was kind of moving along and we knew where we were, then. then I, you know, I could kind of see the argument, but 
right now we've got people that are calling out this coaching staff that are upset because and, and I to an extent I get it because I I would love to have a, a you know an objective observer of practice <laughs> instead of the coaches telling us exactly what's happening and trying to pump some sunshine if they're if they are. I don't get that feel from this coaching staff. And, and I just have a serious issue with these people that feel like they have some entitlement to know everything that's going on during practice. Well, here's, here's the here's, – and I, agree, I totally agree with you. But here are things that – there are things that happen within that football program that, A, the public doesn't need to know. Right. Okay. And then there are things that the public will never know. Absolutely. Or shouldn't let me let me backtrack that. There are things that the public will, don't know, and there are things that they shouldn't know. Okay, because mm-hmm. think about it: if you knew everything about what's going on in that program, it would make whatever happens on the field on that Saturday afternoon or Saturday night that less exciting. Now, fan base, fan bases around the country are going to have the same problem. Arkansas is a little different. Arkansas, had, and I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to catch heat, but it's the truth. Arkansas has not been relevant in the SEC in the last couple of years. Okay? So you bring this new coach in. I mean, seven and six, over the last decade, seven and six is the best we can do. Yep. Okay? And, yeah, that's great with a bowl win over Texas. Okay? But you come out and you get railroaded by Missouri. You get railroaded by Virginia Tech a few years later. When you're up big at the half. Okay? And then you fire that coach, you bring in a Coach Morris who's, who hypes up, who comes in with high energy. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Coach Morris. I've met the guy a couple times. Like that coach. He reminds me of this generation's Houston nut. I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah, he's got he, some motivation. He does. Like he does. Nut. And he's embraced the fan base and the excitement and the energy. Now, where, there are two words that I have used for the last – I'll say 18 months. Instant gratification. Arkansas fans have not had that big win. Yeah, you beat the 17th ranked team in the country, 17 to nothing. Okay? You beat LSU Battle of the Boot. Where's the wins against A&M? Where's the wins against Alabama? The Auburn? Consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think, I guess that's why my question is, what do we, what do we gain by, by opening practices right now? What are we gaining in year two by opening practice and allowing people to come in and spread misinformation, allow people to come in and talk about things that the coaching staff doesn't want to get out? Because I'm going to tell you, I, I don't care. I don't care who goes into that practice and tells the coaching staff, oh, yeah, man, I'm not going to tell anybody. There's going to be somebody out there that doesn't care about their, their credential and that can break news really, really quickly, and they're going to put it out. That's what stopped this was because of Facebook before and the fact that people would put out information that didn't need to go out, like such as injuries and different things. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to stop you. Let me ask you this. All right. And I'm going to – again, you've called me an old soul on the show a couple times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw another old soul moment at you. Okay. Jordan played with the flu – in the finals back in the 90s. You think he had any critics? I mean, I'm sure he had tons of critics. <laughs> I mean, but that's not my point. My point is, is, okay, so if a guy, if a kid, if an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid goes out on that practice field at, at Walker Pavilion, all right, has a bad game because he's sick, he's a step slower off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He's a step slower catching the block off the line. Right. Okay. Regardless, 
and the public sees that, first thing they're going to do is they're going to hop on social media and blow it up. Yeah, absolutely. They're okay. already there. Now, keep in mind, these kids have social media. All they got to do is Google their name, and they'll see everything that's being said about them. That's right. So my question to the fan base, how can we say we are one Razorback? How can we say we stand firmly behind the hogs? And then you jump on social media and, oh, well, this player sucks and that player needs to be benched. And it, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings, that, that brings me, that'll bring me to a whole other point. We're probably going to run off in a, down another rabbit hole here. But I, I, so from the standpoint of, calling out players on Twitter. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a proponent of it. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that that anyone has the right to get on Twitter and make a comment or on Facebook and directly directly at a player. I, I think that's the worst part about Twitter is how people think that because they can follow XYZ athlete or, or, or celebrity or whoever it is, they can hide behind a Twitter and and and, and say and, and tweet whatever they want out and tweet it directly at somebody because they know they can get their attention. Um, again, instant gratification world we live in. Now, at the same time, these are these are adults. Now they're young adults, and, uh, and, and, and my, I'm not I'm not going down there. I'm not I'm not defending anyone that goes after a player. But if they're allowing what's being said on Twitter to hurt their feelings and to hurt their product on the field. Then I got. I, I think that's ridiculous. I think the players, the, who the players need to be worried about, is what the coaches are saying to them and saying about them, and and and, and what the coaches want from them. I can sit here all day and say, X Y Z quarterback is terrible, and I want Nick Starkle. Now, I'm just a fan. I'm just sitting here, and, and if if Ben Hicks is the quarterback in game one, and he throws an interception, a pick six on the first drive, let's hope to God that doesn't happen. But let's assume. I hope to God you didn't just jinx us. Right. But I mean, let's just say it happened. <clears throat> I'm. You're probably going to see me on Twitter go lots of bad words, and I'm really aggravated at Hicks right now. Now I'm not going to tag Hicks. I'm not going to go after him specifically. But I mean, I, and people, we saw a lot of that last year. We saw way too much of it. We saw it wasn't. And, and here's the thing: there were certain members of the media that created a divide that wasn't there that added to a divide that was there. So, obviously, there was a divide within the locker room. There was a divide within the fan base. There was a divide in a lot of ways within this program last year. Then you had some media members that wanted to come in and push it and split it and split it and and say little things or put little things out there. Whether true or not, those are things that probably should have been kept in-house. Yeah, I agree. And and so you end up running this – you end up running this – the risk of, you know, I mean, of – that's what's going to happen. Here's my thing – If you're on social media, and it is, and again, this is totally my opinion here, and it's, you know, your season has started, whether it be spring ball, if you're practicing, period, whether it be volleyball, softball, baseball, basketball, what have you, and I get it, their seasons go year-round, okay? Like right now, report date for fall camp was August 2nd. From August 2nd, until the end of the season, stay off of social media. That'd be my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And if you're a student athlete, let your let your let the coaches be on there. Let 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 the parents be on there. Because think about it. All right, I got a ten year old. I'm not, and we're wrapping up the segment here. But I got a ten year old daughter. All right, and you got a kid too. How, mm-hmm. how old is she? How old is I got she? a two and a six year old. Okay, so you got a two. You got a couple. You got two and a six. 
how would you feel if they went to the hill and they were brand new freshmen, sophomores, what have you, and somebody that didn't know them called them out on Twitter and said, this kid sucks, he needs to be benched. You suck, you need – you'd kind of get defensive. I mean, I, I would certainly be defensive. I'm not going to say I wouldn't be defensive, but I also understand, and I think that I would have that conversation with my child before they ever got there. Look, people are going to say stuff they know nothing about. People are going to make – they're going to open their mouth – they're going to get up there. They, they, they think that they run the program. They think that they know everything. They don't know the work that you've put in. From, from the day you were XYZ years old to, to today as your freshman year of college, you learned a scholarship to go to the University of Arkansas and play football. I don't really give a crap what they have to say. I think there are a few – I'm going to make somebody mad. I think there are a few, few parents on Twitter or on social media that get a little, little too bent out of shape when things are said. Look, I get it. If you talk bad about somebody's kid – and, and it's a personal attack on somebody, absolutely. I'm, we're going to have problems. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if, if my son is the quarterback of the University of Arkansas and he throws an interception and then I look on Twitter and somebody says, my God, that kid's terrible. That, 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 that kid is awful. Well, son, brush it off. you threw an awful pass, so you sorry. Did. You but, know? You know, I mean. I, I totally agree with that. Um, we're going to go to break, but before we do, our, uh, I want to take a moment and send our condolences to uh, the Red Wolf family, um, especially the family of Coach uh, Blake Anderson. Uh, his wife lost her two-year battle with breast cancer. I do believe it was breast cancer. Um, lost it earlier this week, and uh, and and I can, and I think I can say this with for for not only not only myself and, and our families here, um, and and for the the guys here at, at Natural State Sports, but across the country. Whether you're an Aggie fan, a, a Crimson Tide, or whatever, you, um, Razorback Nation stands with uh, stands with the Arkansas State family. And tonight we are all Red Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we, I I can say this because I've lost family members. Cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. When we come back, we're going to be joined by two more of the Hoggets from Twitter. Right after this, on Inside the Natural State. We the people stand tall, equal, and free in pursuit of happiness and premium American spring water, mineral rich, revitalizing goodness with a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity and 7.8 pH bottled in glass to oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of we, 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 the people, the Mountain Valley spring water back to the source. Welcome back, everybody, to Natural State Sports. Uh, joined by, joined with us now is Carla and Kelly of Hoggett's fame from Twitter. Um, ladies, appreciate you, appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, kind of what you guys do with your Hoggett Twitter and, and the almost cult following it has, has gained over the last couple months. <laughs> cult following, wow. We're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're in that way. Hey, we got, <laughs> a lot, we got a lot more listeners because of you guys last time. So, And we're very, very <laughs> thankful really? of you guys being here. We are very, very thankful. Well, that's that. awesome. We um, like it. Well, Anita actually runs the Twitter page. And then we also have set up a Facebook page that Natalie runs. Uh, a couple of us are also admins on the Facebook page. But Twitter, you can't do that apparently. But Facebook, um, is and then they asked, <laughs> they How old asked is me Facebook to. Page? Um, uh, it's newer than the Twitter page. Okay. 
You'll say, I don't think I've heard of it yet, so we'll have to go follow that now. Well, we're so busy on Twitter, you know. You've got yeah, I see, to talk I see about there. Pop up. Natalie's really good about posting this, pretty much the same pictures that have been posted on Twitter onto Facebook also. And I see all the comments pop up because I'm also an administrator on there, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not very active on the Facebook. I'm not active on Facebook at all, period, even on my personal page. But, yeah, I'm not really um, either. You know, they joined not. in July 2019, and they've already almost got 1,000 followers. They're at 830 right now. What are we doing wrong? Yeah, we actually <laughs> set, we set the, or she set the page up the day after the Ladies Clinic. Okay. So, I we're looking for that blue check mark, I guess. Right. Absolutely. We're at, hey, we're at 457, so hey, hey we we're the, getting there. The, we got to make sure we tag them this time on Facebook, too. Didn't there we go. So I'm, gonna, I'm not I'm, sure how I feel about it, though, because I've, the Hobbit page already has more followers than I do, and I've been on there for two years. <laughs> oh, kill. That just I means you got to make sure they follow you. Yeah, they're going to sure they follow you, too. And I know. So, all right. So, we, we know you got you, you ladies are huge Razorback fans, um, obviously. So, what is? I guess I'll go with Carla first. Carla, what's your favorite? Your number one? If you had to, if I had to give you a favorite hog memory of all time, any sport, anything, what's your favorite hog memory? Well, it's Darren McFadden, of course. I'm a Razorback uh, running back person. So, Darren McFadden, the triple overtime over LSU in 2007. <laughs> Um, I think he rushed for over 200 yards in that game. And then I think that same year we played South Carolina. And I want to say he rushed over 300 yards in that game. That's correct. That is correct. But the Darren McFadden triple overtime game at LSU was just amazing for me. And watching him run in person in that South Carolina game, I was just, I mean, I was just ecstatic. It was through the roof for me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a step back in time here, and uh, before Darren McFadden, there was here guys. We go, old soul. Well, man. there. Were, well, yeah, yeah. There was guys like you know Fred. Uh, was Fred Talley, mm-hmm. um, Cedric Cobb, mm-hmm. uh, C4. Yeah. C4. C4 was good. C4 was the the, yeah. the predecessor. Yeah, absolutely. So, he he kind of he kind of set the stage for all that, and you know after Darren McFadden or even during you can go Felix Jones, you can go uh, Dennis Johnson. Yeah, Dennis Johnson kind of gets buried. He does. He was injured. He you had know, some issues. Nile Davis. Um, uh, oh, Nile Davis. Gosh, he's a favorite of mine. Ronnie too. Wingo. Who Alex else was in there? Colin. Colin. Oh, Jonathan Williams. Raleigh Williams. Raleigh Williams. Oh yeah, J. Will. How could we forget J. Will? You know, Raleigh. Raleigh would have had a decent career had he had he not had that neck injury. Oh, he was having a big right. career before that happened. Oh yeah, he's a big game before that happened. So. Now he's living. Really now he's living my dream, working that. for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Hey, they won this week. They played yeah, the Rams and Brandon Allen, so of course they did. What's that supposed to mean? We'll get into that later. Hey, easy. Easy. <laughs> easy there, Sparky. It's the Cowboys. So, okay, we all know we're coming off of a 2-10 and 10 season. And on this question and, and, well, is for, for both of you. Where it's been said that we're the best 2-10 and 10 team in the country because of our recruiting. Do you guys think? I mean, yeah. how, op- how optimistic are you guys looking into uh, this season coming up in about a week? Well, you know, the wide receivers, I mean, we're stacked right now, I feel like. Now, we did have that injury um, with Deion Stewart out with a torn ACL, right? That's correct. But um, Trey Knox 
I don't know. I think he's going to be explosive. I think Mike Woods is really going to step up this year. And then I just read today somewhere about Traylon Burke. Um, he was he's named to ESPN's true freshman All American team yeah, or something. Team. Yeah, he's a freshman All American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I think our line's going to be better this year. Um, you know, the quarterback situation. I don't know how I feel about that yet. I. I read that actually um nick starkle took first team reps today yep, yep. So well, I'm, not well. About, I'm not concerned about the quarterback battle at all because i feel like i mean whether it's so, nick starkle ben hicks even john stephen jones any of those are a step up from what we had last year so i my bigger concern is the <laughs> offensive line so. i'm not i'm well, not worried about that that leads me to the Ty Story situation. Did anybody read about him today oh, yeah. at Western Kentucky? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You mean the fact – wait, he was named – no, no, he wasn't starter. No. Neither he one, neither one of two. them. No, neither is Cole Kelly. Cole yeah. Kelly. Now, They're both number two. It, Starkle may have taken first-team reps, but at this point, can we – I mean, can we put any faith in who's in – I mean, taking first rep because some – some, you know, no. I mean, they both took – I don't put any stock in any of it. Go back a year about this time, mm-hmm. and Ty Story and Cole Kelly were both make, mo- both taking first-team reps. Right. And we see how that worked out. <laughs> yeah, but we have uh, – for one thing, we have two guys that haven't come into a an SEC program and rode the bench and never got anything from the coaches. I feel like – Ty Story came in here, and Brett Bielema never did anything with him. He rode the bench, and he was a bench rider and never progressed from when he was a senior in high school. So I, I take it y'all, y'all were not fans of Brett Bielema? Not at all, no. <laughs> Wow, that was quick. Okay. I, I personally didn't like the hire when they made it. I mean, Step you can't bring back. We have a winner. The and – <laughs> and feel like they are going to have success in the SEC. Okay, but the real know, question is, you know, person. was after the Texas Bowl, were you excited and were you feeling borderline erotic? I went to whoa, the Texas whoa, Bowl. So whoa, yeah. whoa, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. Hey, Bert said it, not me. I just repeated it. I didn't listen. I had a good time <laughs> at that game. I mean, I really did. And anytime you watch Texas go down is a win for me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> absolutely. True. That was, we, yeah, but, I, we were there too. That was an absolute blast. Wait a minute. Where's Katie at? I want her to hear that. What, that Texas sucks? Time, yes. Okay. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like I, I never had an exciting moment under Balaam well, like, I, like the, I did under Petrino. There was nothing that got me fired up like under Petrino. Let me tell you what will drive me. Not to bring VP into it, but his things were more more exciting than Bielema ever was. Well, oh, when yeah. when you when you tap out at a when tap out when you cap out at seven and six and a bowl win over well Texas, I mean, Texas mm-hmm. but that was a bad Texas. But team. that was a bad Texas. Yeah. Team. I mean, look at where they're at now. Texas. I mean, they're at the Sugar Bowl, and where are we? Yeah, that, I mean, well, right. we know where that mm-hmm. went from there. Yeah, but, but you see we my would point. Be sugar Bowl too, if we were in the Big Twelve, but uh, we'd be national point. champions if we were in the Big Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, maybe not last year. Oklahoma, maybe not last year. When you and 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 I, and I, I harp on this because <laughs> it all comes down to this: is is when you go walk into a Texas high school football coaches association meeting. And and say, 
if we run the sp- if you run the spread on us, we're gonna kick kick your ass." And that's exactly mm-hmm. what these teams did. They said, "Okay, let's exploit this weakness," and they did. They ran the spread. We couldn't stop them. Heck, they ran all over. So we no. couldn't stop them. No. Have mm-hmm. you guys have met Coach Morris? You've got you. You have an idea about his philosophy. What do you guys think about him? I love Go him ahead. and Go his ahead. whole coaching staff. I mean, we went in and in the opening meeting at the ladies' clinic, he he points out the fact that the hog gets there. Like he's excited to have. Like, let me see how I can word this. Like the the, the way he says the way he everyone. says that he. Um, like he, the way he talks about how much he loves the passion of the Arkansas fan base, he he means that. Like he he lives that. He shows it. He is he wants to hear everything that you've got. Like he he took the time. I felt like with everybody that wanted to talk to him at the clinic, he took that time to talk to us and made us feel like our voice mattered. You know, he's not just getting up well, there he's been and listening saying these things. And not living that, you know, like he's not just saying it. He right. needs it. That that kind of brings me to a question because I know a couple of months ago, or a month or two ago, however long ago it was, that that random tweet came out that talked about how he doesn't really, you know, do what he preaches and he talks the family mm-hmm. thing, and and then so so it's it's refreshing to hear other people that, that may have a little different view of what's actually going on up there because that just sounds like some spurn somebody. Yeah, no, his staff his staff loves people. We walked into that defensive clinic, and all of those coaches were like, y'all are finally here. We've been waiting all day to have you in our class. Like, they were all energy all the time, and they just love people. They love it. They love those guys, and those guys love them. It's evident. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm a pretty good judge of character, and you see people on TV, and you're not really sure what's going on, but when you meet somebody in person, you can kind of get a feel for them. And he actually, like, sat down and went with us and talked to us. Um, he was passionate. He was open and honest. I mean, he uh, you knew that we came from a bad season. He talked about that openly and, you know, how his whole family looks at that. And he talked about being a dad and the flights back to Texas and, and that whole controversy. Mm-hmm. But, um well, you know, going I, I on that, think he has a genuine mm-hmm. going on that controversy. Uh, where mm-hmm. and we're talking about the one where he flew to Texas to see his kid play football, and then flew to Colorado State. Correct. Well, it was all season. Yeah, the controversy was, was all. season. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, the the big one that they made a there the whole. He did it all. Season. Okay, so the biggest one yeah. they made a they made a big stink on was um, the Colorado Auburn State. the Auburn game, and then the Colorado State game. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here's my opinion. I mean, they don't. They may not even want to hear my opinion, but my opinion is. I would have a bigger problem with it if he wasn't doing that. I'm with you. I, that, I was you. You took the. You basically took the words right out of my mouth. He's a football <laughs> coach, yes, but he's a dad yeah. first. But here's the other yep. thing that people don't think about. Like we're going to talk about this later, but people just want to complain. So I had to watch yeah. yep. for a moment. And, and it just it it kills me what people will complain about when you think. Not only does he have the opportunity to go watch his son play. He also has the opportunity to recruit some very high-level players that are there that other coaches don't have the yeah. opportunity to do. Like, it, I don't understand. Anyway. I'm okay, I'm going to take well, another. He's not wrecking a motorcycle with a 25-year-old <laughs> on the back. I mean, you know. And I think that we ended up getting two walk-ons out of his 
visits down there. I, I know that um, Hudson Clark was yep. in our group. He was one of our leaders, and he was a walk-on from Highland Park. Well, where would that kid be if Coach Morris hadn't been at those games? That's right. Exactly. That's true. So we're going to step away real quick and be back in just a minute with more from the Hoggettes on Inside the Natural State. I want to know, we're going to play a clip of the game, and I want to know what you remember of that that moment, what you were feeling and, and the emotions surrounding it. So, In the shotgun, the line of scrimmage, the 31-yard line of LSU. There's the snap. Jones looking. Jones now throwing to the end zone, and it is Oh, that call never gets old. I get old. chills every time. Oh, uh, good old Paul Eels. <laughs> All right, so, Miss oh, Kelly, we're going to start Eels. with you. I and... think you better start with Carla. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> she passed. <laughs> she's, still, she's still recovering. I think I'm going to do a hard pass. So we got a double pass. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I tapped out. That means it's your turn. Mine? Mm, yeah. <laughs> You're Carla. So we're going to pass it back to back and forth, right? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to put my co-host on, on on the hot seat. And, Steve, what do you okay. think? So what was the question again? Hint. Let's give the question. So you played the call right. from Paul Hills, Keith Jackson from yeah. 2002. Uh, where were you? What did you feel? How do you – I mean – We we had this conversation where I was. You really want me to say it again? Okay. So I was, Please, standing, on the, I was standing on the bank of a shit pond. For, <laughs> you're going to have to edit that, aren't you? I was on the banks of a shit pond working <laughs> twice now. You can edit it twice. Um, can you say that one more time? Yeah, shit <laughs> pond. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Will. Oh, okay. That's going on the outtake reel. Told, I, you asked me. I told you where I was at. He knew what was coming. Did he just say shit pond? Yes, he did. I mean, this three times. He might even say it three times. <laughs> this conversation has evolved to a whole other level. Like the last thing on the podcast, I would be thought I would be talking about was a chip on. <laughs> well, that's where I was as a twenty-something-year-old. <laughs> kid working and i nearly fell in that pond when that happened because i jumped out of my truck it was parked next to the pond and i almost fell in it was fantastic so that's where i was there's so many miracle on markham yes yes that was the first miracle okay. on markham in two, okay, november of 2002 okay okay now, it's and you were gonna to be now. the butt of so many jokes no pun intended uh, you're steve you're gonna be the joke <laughs> the butt end of so many well, jokes what else is new buddy what else because is new? we're titling the, the the title of this podcast episode is shit on. <laughs> so you right. Right. Hey, you know, so I think you were up, you were up without a paddle. Yes. That. that would be a great name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Valley. Shit pond. He just yes, takes the wheel. We've gone into a whole other level. <laughs> 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 I think I might need a glass of wine. Look, if we don't break a hundred a hundred listens on this podcast, we're not doing something right here. I'm sweating both. We're just we're gonna we're gonna rename it from inside the natural state to inside the shit pond. <laughs> no, no. That would be one way to get if we go to, Hey, wait. If we go two and ten again this year, we can rename it to inside <laughs> the shit pond because that's what's gonna be. Um, well, yeah. let's. <laughs> 
every time I say shit wheel, I get a heart attack. <laughs> say shit wheel? <laughs> I want some of what he's having. Oh, oh man. He had something stronger than wine. Oh, I that's think. right. <laughs> oh man! Just what exactly is in that Sonic cup over ball. there, uh, Steve? Cherry and vanilla. Cherry and vanilla. Don't what? worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so back to football. Yes. Um, okay, Carla, where were you? So where were you? Were you at the shit ponding? <laughs> no, I was actually raising a small child in Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> Um, in North Little Rock. So, no, I wasn't at the shit pond. I, that wasn't me. You were raising a kid. I was at the senior in high school. You were? Well, I won't talk about that. In 2002, you were a senior in high school? Oh, jeez. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I, 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 was, I graduated in 2005, so don't feel so bad. Feel old, okay. man. Oh boy! So you're you were a sophomore when I graduated. I was a sophomore. I was a freshman when uh, September 11th hit. Man, I feel old, and I'm not even that old, but I feel older now. <laughs> I was. I'm gonna. Throw I was this sitting in American history class when 9/11 happened. How about that for irony? Yeah, I was in the lobby <laughs> of our. I was in the lobby of my dorm. Yeah, I don't know how we got up on that. We are <laughs> rabbit holes, man. <laughs> rabbit holes. You can edit it out. Whatever. <laughs> We're rambling. Oh, <laughs> oh! You ought to, you ought to see, you ought to listen to the outtake reel, and and it is hilarious. <laughs> oh, we'll have to send it to him. <laughs> that is. <laughs> All right. So okay, so you guys, what do you think about Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks? Like, what's your honest opinion? Do you think that Ben Hicks may be the guy because Chad Morris is used to him, or do you think it's Nick Starkle coming in from Texas? I mean, what's your opinion? Well, here, here, I'm going to take a page out of Katie's book. And okay. uh, she's been high on another quarterback. And you mean John, John Stephen Jones? John Jones. Oh. Yeah, but he's, he's smaller, right? He's not going to be the starter. He's, he may not be the starter, but he's been the most consistent. Now, if he's, you're going to narrow it down. He's the most mobile. If you're going to narrow it down between Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle, Starkle's, Starkle has the experience in the SEC. He knows what it takes to play in the SEC. Hicks doesn't. And it's a very hard jump to go from the American at SMU yep. to the SEC, especially to the SEC West. And Steve and I have talked about that before. Starkle likes to air it out, take a little bit more risk. Um, he, he force throws. I don't think he... He doesn't go through his progression as well as, mm-hmm. as Ben Hicks. Um, Hicks kn- now, the flip side to that coin is Hick knows, Hicks knows the offense. He knows what right. to expect under Chad Morris. Um, to me, you're, it's kind of hard to it, – it, it's hard to tell. I mean, you can go with either one and hope for the best, i.e. Brett Bielema. <laughs> or, or you oh, can develop gosh. a system, and I say develop a system like you know, oh, it's easy to just develop a system. Um, right. You can you can come up with certain plays and do kind of how um, Houston Nutt did back in the day, where he had a two quarterback system. He had Matt Jones out, you know, in, who was the starter, the guy between the twenties. I'm sorry, the guy but uh, out inside the twenties, 
And you had uh, the other guy, I forget, oh, what was his name? Um, who was Matt Jones's? Ryan Sorhan. Yes. You know, you got a couple oh, of packages for him. Wow, that's a blast from the past. Right. <laughs> Surprising you, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, where did you pull that from? Zach's an old soul. He I, comes I up with all kinds of stuff. I mean. <laughs> I guess I could say the shit pond, but. Houston <laughs> Nut had the wild hog, though. He did. He came he up with the wild hog. But now you've got everybody yeah. doing it. So it's not going to. That's know, a, so and, and that's the downside. Anymore. That's the downside to college football. It's always, always, always evolving. That's if, the downside. Yeah. I think it's a good side. Well, <laughs> for, as you'd like to say, old souls like me. Um, but if I had to, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd go with Hicks to start out. Now, if he has a bad game against, uh, uh, Ole Miss, Starkle's the one you go with. Right. I don't even think you wait that long. So I'm not even going to ride the fence like Zach over here. I'm, I, Starkle's my guy. Well, um, you're, never mind. You're nah. knee deep, you're knee deep in, uh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> So well, tell us why. Tell us why yeah. Starkle's your guy. So Starkle's my guy, a couple of reasons. One, we talk about the playbook. Hey, I, I don't think that Morris is going to make a decision based on who he likes better. He's a I, closet Aggie. I don't think that, that – I can't hold that against him. But as, I don't see Morris picking favorites. I don't think Hicks is going to get the job because of one reason – because of that. Starkle's the more talented guy. Hicks knows the playbook, but – Starkle's officially had the playbook since what May-ish, early June at the latest. Mm-hmm. Officially, and I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, he knew. I know a lot of the interviews they had with him early on. He talked about how he he, he knew the playbook uh, after his first visit. He really had a good good idea. Um, and then you think about, I mean, he walked into A and M and was a starter his freshman year. Um, he's got the talent. He's a he 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 has a stronger arm. Um, I don't think in this offense he's going to have as much trouble picking it up. And I don't think he'd be mm-hmm. running with the ones all day today if he didn't have as much of the offense as Hicks. Now, he may not be as consistent, but if you go by the words of what the coaches have said, they want the guy that's going to get him up and down the field. I know Jones has been the guy supposedly in practice, but to me, Starkle's the guy that's going to get him up and down the field. And I don't think that gets pat- – yeah, Hicks may start the Portland State game. I'm gonna, I still think Starkle does, but – I, I I truly believe that, that Starkle will be the guy um, by the old Miss game for sure if he's not the starter against Portland State. Well, if they don't play all – if they don't play at least every quarterback in our quarterback room there in Portland State after what I saw coming out of Portland State's camp, we're going to have some bigger problems oh. than that. Oh, they'll play all four. And, again, like you said, if they don't, but, that's – yeah. But I said the same thing last year when we played Eastern Illinois – we yeah, played. me too. And by the time, by the time, I'm the trying Mis- to block that. But we played all our quarterbacks. By the time the Missouri game came around, I, I I couldn't watch, and I'm I'm one that sat through. Please, Lord, help me. I'm the one. I, I'm one of the few that sat through the John L. Smith years. Me too. Oh, and, I did. Oh, remember so, that fifty-two to nothing loss to Alabama? Which year? <laughs> That year, John yeah, L. the John Smith L. Year, year was because it turned around I and happened again. In my room the next day, oh, I literally stayed in bed all day that Sunday. I was so stressed out. Yeah, that was um, that was not a fun season at all. Smile everyone. or not even a kneeling bit. or Smile. kneeling kneeling on a fourth yeah. and one at the goal line instead of kicking a field goal. <laughs> oh dear lord, I can't relive that. That's the stuff. <laughs> We're going to have to change the subject. I can't relive it. Probably going to get sick. Yeah. 
I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Let's not go back to that. So, so as we look forward to uh, this coming up season, um, who are a couple of? I mean, and, and you're not allowed really to take favorites. I don't guess, but who are some guys that from on this team that you're really excited to watch this year? Raheem the Dream <laughs> from our running back lady. I was going to ask that too. Who's our, who's our running back going to be this year? Who's going to lead the team? Uh, Raheem, and then Devois, of course. Okay. So, Rakeem on that end. All right. What about on the other side here? I'm the defense girl. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm excited about, I mean, obviously, Sosa, Scooter, TJ. Um, I, I really hope to see TJ bring the kind of uh, senior season that Armand did, but I don't know. You know one name that I haven't heard from a lot of people? Cameron Curl. He, well, he was hurt for a couple of days there. Nah. My husband loves Cam. He's his favorite. Yeah, Cam. Cam's a lot of fun to watch. I think he's this now that he's been two years in a position. I think he's going to be a lot better this year too. I really think. I agree. I really think we're going to see he's a like different. Bunny. He's everywhere. Yeah, I really he think we're going to see a, dynam, a different dynamic when it comes to this team. Um, I don't think you're going to see what we saw last year. Well, I would hope not. <laughs> well, I think that the. Um, the energy has changed, even from last year. Definitely. Well, yeah. Do you guys not agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can just kind of – if you follow a lot of these guys, I mean, obviously you do, but follow the guys on Twitter and, and see what they're saying and you hear the interviews after practice that they put out. I mean, there's definitely a much, much, a much stronger camaraderie on the team, I think. And that means a lot because they're going to want to play for each other instead of kind of letting go of the rope. And excited. I think they're excited about this season. I think Coach Morris is an amazing motivator. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, I agree. He's got a little Houston nut to him. Um, That's what I was just about to say. He reminds me of Houston Danny Nut. Yeah. Or, I, am I getting those two confused? Houston Dale Wait. <laughs> Dale. Dan, Danny's his brother. Danny's the bro. <laughs> Houston Danny Nut, you know that guy. Yeah. They, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely got a little. He's definitely got a little Houston nut to him in the way that he actually, uh, the way he motivates his. I mean, you uh, these videos that the the university's putting out here over over fall camp have been brilliant. When you see a lot of the stuff, just Morris addressing the team or uh, out on the field and how he kind of you know how he runs practices. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a whole lot of excited for this season. It may not be a lot of wins, but I'm definitely I'm definitely excited for what Morris is bringing and and the excitement he's put back in the program at least. Well, I'll say this. I think we're going to a bowl game this year. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be a great one, but I think we'll have six wins. Well, well, on that then, as we wrap up, let's get um, – I think we got some predictions from, from, from the others the other from last week. So, um, some official Hoggett predictions from you two as to what you think the record will be this year. We'll, just, we'll start with Carla. Mm, I think we're going to win Portland State. We're going to beat Old Miss, Colorado State, San Jose State. And I either have, well, I have Western Kentucky and either Missouri or Kentucky. Okay, so you're going with six and a bowl. Are we winning the bowl game? Yes. All right, so seven and six. Okay. Okay. Kelly? I feel like, yep, um, I think for sure the four non-conference games and I'll miss. And I think either we beat Kentucky, Mizzou, or pull off an insane upset that nobody's expecting. 
Okay. So you're on the six and six, and then are we winning a bowl game? Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. We make it to Missouri the level bowl Rock. game. We definitely win. Well, it seems Missouri like. Missouri is in Little Rock. Yeah, we, I know I'll be there. Miracle. Yeah, we need a miracle on Markham three. I'd rather just see it over really <laughs> early and Kelly Bryant sitting on the sidelines crying. But you know, hey, that's just me. I know that's right. Yeah, that's, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'll right. Be okay with that. And Jonathan Nance, let's not yeah. forget him. Yes, absolutely. They can go over and hold hands together <laughs> you on the sideline. Had to bring that name up. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, if we're gonna upset him. We we definitely need him to be upset. Y- you are absolutely right. He's the biggest, probably the biggest reason why Kelly's where he's at. Which, hey, may be a blessing in disguise. Right. Well, ladies, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, and uh, everybody, make sure you jump on Twitter and follow the Hoggettes and on Facebook as well. Um, and uh, once again, ladies, we appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you guys again. Thanks for having us. We had a great time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And we are back on Inside the Natural State, continuing our discussion of open practice. Now, Steve, the problem with open practice is you're opening up to a lot. Man, and again, I agree with what you were saying uh, before we went to break. But the problem is you're opening that up to more misinformation, but you're opening that up to more criticism than it needs to be. I mean, they're catching hell already as it is. Right. All you're doing now is just adding fuel to the flame. Well, and, and now I'll say this. There was a response by Morris, I think, and it, was, it wasn't it was like just an open, this is what happened, but there was a response by Morris um, about two weeks ago. So when the initial, so when the media was in for the first 20 minutes of practice, they would put everybody into team, and that's how the, the guys were coming out with the depth charts that we see online. Well, apparently Morris got tired of that because there was a massive or big, big to do about the quarterback. And obviously there's a big to do about the quarterback. And so because of that, Morris said, you know what? I'm not going to put them in team for the first 20 minutes. Nobody's going to know. No, because if you looked earlier today when they came out at practice, it was all four of them. Right. And they all took first team reps. Yes. That leads me into, did you see the exchange during one of his post-practice press conferences. Say with, that five times with, fast. Was, are you talking about the one with Bob Holt? Yes. Oh, God. But here's the thing. Okay, that's Bob Holt. If you look at, if you look at how he's been with Bobby Petrino, Houston Nutt. Okay, I even think he was around for Danny Ford. That's Bob Holt. That's fine. But look at how people read into that. Good Lord. That, that leads me to the, the stupidity of Razorback Twitter and the responses from that. They've called him. They've labeled him a liar. Yeah. They're hiding injuries. Yes. No one. They're saying he already knows who it is. He just doesn't want to say it. Right. It, what is? And, and again, I, I understand everybody that knows me and has and has followed me from day one back in 2017 knows I usually don't get negative. But what in the hell are these people drinking that causes them to go out on a on a limb? And say he's a liar for hiding injuries. Well, and and I think these are the same people though that are probably looking for a re- they didn't like Chad they didn't like the hire to begin with they didn't like the they didn't like bring Chad, bringing Chad Morse in they don't like two and ten and so they're looking for any reason they can to get rid of him or to be to be negative. It's just like the you know we it's just just like the uh, him going to watch Chandler play on Friday nights. He's going to do that again this year. Um, you know, and, and again, I see no problem with th- there's that. There's no, po- there is no problem. There's, there's more benefits. Now, is he the only downside? I would, I would say to that is, is he using his personal money? Like, is it coming out of his pocket? I, 
I or, don't care. Or, or is it, well, you have to look at, is he using the university's dime? I doubt it. To fly and over, I mean. My guess is, is that a booster, they're using some booster. They may be using the university jet. I don't know. I don't care. At, at this point. It's, Jerry Jones. It's probably Jerry. Jerry's probably, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. That's where, well, it's that's a where recruiting people are, trip, but it's a recruiting trip on top. It's not just going to watch Chandler Morris. All they want to, but they, it, it's that tunnel vision. All they want to see is coach isn't with the team. But okay. coach isn't with the team on Friday night anyway. No, but remember the whole debacle with uh, Colorado State last year. That's how most people were blaming that loss on the fact that he wasn't with the team that Friday night before if the we're, game. If we're losing – Number one, if the only reason we're losing games is because coach isn't with them on Friday nights, you guys haven't watched the same football I watched last no. year because it wasn't a preparation of Friday night that caused us to lose on no. Saturdays. No, that, I agree. That's ridiculous. I agree. My, my thing is, too, so when you start talking about open practices and where everything's going, everyone just wants a reason to bitch. Three years ago, people were complaining because of the fact that Brandon Allen or Austin Allen was the quarterback. We didn't want a we we wanted a quarterback controversy. We wanted Cole Kelly or whoever the heck the other quarterback was at the time that was on campus. I don't even I don't even know. Uh, know Ray Peavy was one of them at one time. Everybody wanted Rafe. He couldn't even go play at F A I U, whichever one of those Florida schools he ended up with. with Is he still? He's not even playing football. I think he's with Lane still down at whatever. And he may graduate. Anyway, regardless. So uh, three years ago, yeah. But at the same time, you and I both agree. Brett Bielema never recruited an SEC caliber type of player well no but not Austin not Allen, all, Austin, yeah, Austin no, Allen let me, back, let me back up let me back up because one of my good friends or, is, or Brandon Allen sorry one of my good friends because they're gonna listen to this and they're I'm gonna I'm gonna catch all kinds of hell for it when it comes to um the rankings and five stars and three yeah. star when you're looking at it that way he never recruited above a three I'm not saying that every player he recruited because one of my good hold on my one of my good friends is on the offensive line up there right now, and I'm very good friends with his parents. So what I'm saying is he's not every every player's got SEC talent. Every player's got talent. Otherwise, right. they wouldn't be playing on a D1 level or playing college football right. at all. Brett Bielema did not look. It's just not coming out. I mean, right. I, I I get where well. I get where you're going, but my because it's true. If you look at the quarterback room right now, there's not one quarterback there that Brett Bielema recruited. No, so there's nobody there. I mean, so I don't I don't disagree with that. So three years ago, we were complaining because Brandon Allen and Austin Allen were the quarterbacks of this football team. We were sick and tired of hearing what we the fans were tired of hearing the name Allen for all the years. Now here I, we are, I and we thought have there a, was like 400 Allens it, up there. It, it seemed that way, but here's the deal: we have a real quarterback competition on the hill right now a and real they're one. still not happy and people are mad about it because oh god this this is gonna be a terrible season because we well, haven't named a quarterback okay. let me let me let me throw your curveball yeah we've still got a normal quarterback competition going okay it's legit a quarterback battle mm -hmm. why is everybody up in arms that I, a, a starter hasn't been named yet instant, what, what, in, instant gratification my point is i've never seen a horse race i've heard about him and they're all neck and neck. Right. Race, neck and neck, neck and neck, neck and neck. What if our two what if the, the guys are neck and neck? And Coach Morris and Joe Craddock and the entire staff is just waiting for that one, that extra step. I don't even know if it's that. And here, I'll say this. So from from a in in defense of some of the fans that have complained about this, one thing that I can say is a lot of what we're hearing right now mm -hmm. is a lot of what we were hearing last year between Ty Story, Coe Kelly, and uh and, and Connor. 
and then um, uh, Dalton Hyatt because we kept getting thrown, we kept getting fed the Dalton Hyatt stuff. So all four of those quarterbacks. Here's the key. Here's the key to that. All four of those quarterbacks are not here anymore. And they well, Dalton Hyde is. He's not quarterback anymore. He's not, but he's not. So, a, he's not in the quarterback room anymore. Right. And and and, and I think Connor made the right decision. Um, and then of course the other two guys have gone to be second string quarterbacks at their new homes. So I mean, but what does that say? I'm having trouble. Let me check my. I'm I'm having trouble hearing me. You're good. I got you. Okay. Um, what does that say about that type of? The caliber. Oh, I mean, and that's exactly, and that's so. So for the fans that are worried because we were doing the same thing last year, honestly, I think we were doing the, the coaches were doing this last year because they couldn't decide who sucked less. I think this year they're doing it because they can't decide who's truly better. Or, in my opinion, now I think that they probably do have an idea of who they who who it's going to be. I mean, the, the well, I've been saying all along that it needs to be Hicks. One, Starkle, two, and then KJ. And the only reason I'm saying that is on paper, you have to look at, <coughs> excuse me. The only reason is, and I said that before, um, even before spring ball, before they all got on campus. Right. Starkle's got what? Two years eligibility left? Yep. He's going to be around a little bit longer. Right. Hicks has only got one. Hey. KJ's, KJ's, you, you put a red shirt on KJ. Okay? Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know that. I don't, but for me, you put the best guy back there, whether it's KJ, John, Steven, Nick, or Ben, whoever is the one. Jack Lindsay. Oh my God, I forgot (laughs) about him. Can't leave him out. He went, yeah, and he's the walk on. Yeah, and even he's got a. I've heard good things about him. Well, he's the holder. Yeah, he's the holder. (laughs) Hey, he sees playing time. That's right. Hey, so so I mean, my point though is. I don't understand where. I don't understand why we got to why we got to complain. Find something to complain about all the time. I don't understand we why we don't this have is, the wins. I mean, we uh, we continually, and I'm going to say this: we continually, excuse me, continually get our ass kicked by A and M. We continually yeah. get our ass kicked by Alabama. We I mean, I guess we get our ass kicked against Auburn. You know I mean, I mean, I can go down the list. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that we're. I guess it's a good thing that we're sitting here debating it because that means there's still an interest in the program after two and ten. Um, and, and so that that's a plus. I sat through the the three and nine, John L. Smith smile era. Yeah, I, I mean well, it was the one year, but still, I mean I remember you know, Jack Crow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean was six, but still, I, I mean, I, I, so I guess where I guess where my problem lies is just quit trying to find a reason to criticism criticize the staff, these players, this team, and this university. Let's let's enjoy what this season might be. Don't it, we call those bandwagon fans? Fairweathers, fairweather, <laughs> the ones that. Well, you can always tell. You can always tell the the mark of a true fan, because win or lose, they're always going to be there. I, I've I've watched minus last year, and I even I even kept up with it. But since '98, even through when I was in the military, I still kept up enough to know. What yeah. was going on? And I've never missed a Razorback game. Yeah, I'm the same way. You I know, I won't miss. I don't them. know why 98, but it's, I mean, it's. Um, it, well, I mean, that was really your, when we had our excitement, though. I mean, you got to think that was a time frame where 94, 95 was a fun run for basketball, yep. so we had a lot of fun, and then things started to kind of slip after that, and then football took a big jump. Yeah. And once once Houston came in, and we had the you know. The, well, but again, every 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 team is going to have their slumps. Every team is going to have their their peaks, 
you know, every every team goes through a dry spell. Can we edit that one out? I don't like the way that sounded. Um, it it, it, it you're always gonna know who the the fair weathers are, and you're always gonna see who the loyal ones are. I could say so much about the talent because we had a talented, talented team. Uh, the year John L. Smith was head coach. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, we had we had a talented team. There was talent. There was talent, no doubt. There but was. There was talent there. Yeah, okay. There was talent. We had. I'll, I'll leave it at that. We had the ability to have talent during Brett Bielema's years. Alex Collins, Brandon Allen. We had some pieces. Austin until Allen. A couple of assistants left, and Burt didn't know what he was doing anymore. I think the downfall for Burt was when Sam Pittman. Well, no, well yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you at, know, you, you look at what they're well, look at what he's doing out there at Georgia right now. Well, and have you heard? Um, have, surely you've heard the story behind all that too. I mean, so how we ended up with uh, the offensive line coach? What was his name that came after him? The kid, the guy from Buffalo. Oh goodness gracious! What was his name? Kurt Anderson. Yeah, Kurt Anderson. There you go. Well, you know how we ended up with him, right? Uh. Uh-uh. So the story goes that Brett Bielema showed up at one of the uh, at one of the coaches' things and was talking to Rex Ryan of all people, and uh, started dogging on. Um, and I can't remember exactly, but was was really talking bad about um, another coach, or he was talking bad. He was talking bad about Pittman, and said that they could uh, they could do just fine without Pittman. Now that he was gone, he wouldn't have a problem. And uh, and Rex Ryan, unbeknownst to to Bert, was good friends with Sam Pittman. And so afterwards, he, he called up Bert and he said, hey, uh, he said, I've got a recommendation for you for an uh, offensive line coach. And he recommended Kurt Anderson, who basically they'd been trying to get rid of and basically dumped him off on us. And that's how we ended up with Kurt Anderson, a man who had zero college coaching experience. Now, I don't know how we got off on that huh. rabbit hole, but that's where that problem happened. So as I, that's the first I'd heard of it. Yeah, that, that, that went around there for a while. Um, and, and I trust the people that told me um, what I've heard. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, that, that's where the recruiting, you're right. When Sam Pittman left, the program left because the recruiting ties that he made. Because think, I mean, think about it. The, uh, the program was in an upswing. I, oh, yeah, it was. And I think, and Bert thought that he could do what he wanted to do and, and could do it without, he could do it on his own. And he'd already burnt all those bridges from a recruiting standpoint. So you knew that. I, there are so many things that went wrong with the Brett Bielema era. I mean, it, it, you know, I, and of course, we were all feeling shunned after Bobby Petrino because he had us, you know, one, you know, two, three in the country, the Sugar Bowl, you know, possible. I mean, we were up there in the top five. Yeah, I mean, we had a shot at a national championship. We had a, yeah, we had we had several. We were we were a year or two away from from getting to that national title game if mm. if the blonde and the bike didn't happen. We could go for another hour tonight on that topic, but I'm not going to because I disagree. But Maybe for another night. Okay, so... <laughs> you want to chew on the other cheek this time? No, I'm going to because oh, I'm going to tell you. You brought I, it up. Well, but I'm, I'm saying but, that I'm saying that from a fan's perspective. No, I get that. It was fun. Coming but, off coming off that Sugar Bowl win, everybody thought... Sugar Bowl right, loss. Uh, a Sugar Bowl loss, which should have been a win. It yeah. is a win. It's, not a, hit. it's, it's not a win a, because it's they vacated. No it just didn't happen. We don't get a W out of it. It just didn't happen. You're just not going to let me live this one down, I'm are you? Not. I, oh, all right, not. fine. I'll take my waders off and we, go we, swimming in the shithole. <laughs> shit pond. Hey, we <laughs> shithole, shit pond, shit. <laughs> but no. So you brought it up though because you brought up the John L. Smith year, 
I don't think that was going to be a good year anyway. I, I mean, I, Petrino could get extra out of his players, but his recruiting was crap. His recruiting was not good. The, no defense. The reason it wasn't even defense though. Tell me a quarterback you recruited that has done anything since he since he was here. Ryan Mallett came here on a one year rental deal, so and he lucked into that deal. His first year here was extremely exciting because of Warren, Arkansas. That that's why I think he got lucky. He got extremely lucky. I mean, we've talked about this, but and not to rehash things we've talked about, but. He got extremely lucky because of what he walked into. And Morris, in a lot of the ways, has gotten really lucky with what he was able to bring in in this last class, which is going to help him, obviously, in the future. But for Petrino, I, I don't – we weren't two years from a national championship. As exciting as it was, that may have been what we thought. But, man, his recruiting was headed in a, in a bad direction. One thing that always bothered me with Petrino is – you look back. Look at his track record. He never brought in dynamic skill people that I can think of that – Outside of that first season, who did who did he bring in? Okay, let me let me throw this one at you. Then you're talking about recruiting. When it, outside of this past season, when we had the top twenty recruiting class, right? When have we ever had a decent recruiting? Well, this was this was one of the best classes. Well, I think it was the best class we've ever. It's read. the best class in, so, in school history. Yeah, but again, why cannot why can we not recruit at Arkansas before before last season? You say you say that he can't he couldn't recruit. Right, but then I mean, nobody could. No, I, I don't think it's a man. I don't think it's a matter if he can't recruit because I think Chad Morris is proving that you can recruit to Arkansas. You get these kids on campus and you get them here, and you and you you actually you sell the program, which was something that obviously Bielema wasn't selling the program. He was selling buffet lines to offensive linemen. So I, I mean, pretty much. I, I don't. I don't think that the, the 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 narrative that you can't recruit to Arkansas is a load of crap in my opinion because we have the facilities we have yeah. top of the line facilities we have we have great coaches we're in the SEC and and I think Fayetteville gets a bad rap because it's in Arkansas and it's Walmart and how whatever else you want to say it's a small state people but listen to the kids that actually go on the hill when you get them there well you know and and I, I've actually got a story uh, along those lines um I like I said been a Razorback fan since 98 created this bad this bad boy in, in 2017. Never stepping foot on the hill until a year until a year ago. Wow, that's wow. I feel like I need to take you to like a bunch of games. I've I've yet to see a Razorback game inside Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. I I can admit that, but again, I'm a hog. See, I'm speechless right yeah, now. Yeah, and and I'm looking at Will, and Will's just got this deer in the headlight look. Will, our producer over here, he just he's he's. In, are you kidding me? And I have, but but I've I've been to um, my first Razorback game that I live Razorback game in person that I saw Mississippi State at War Memorial Stadium in November of two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six, two thousand five. Yeah, first one I ever went to. Okay, man, I'm 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 literally still I've, speechless. Hold on, over hold here. on, it's gonna get even deeper. I've never seen a Razorback basketball game inside of Bud Walton. Well, now I'll say this. I hadn't either until last year. I, I'd, I'd been I've in Bud Walton many I've times. I've seen them several times at Verizon Arena. Yeah. I've heard it doesn't compare to Bud it's Walton. It's nothing like it. And even last year when it was a down year, it was still a lot of fun. I went to Bomb for the first time a year ago. Well, that doesn't surprise me either, though. That, that's to, less surprising. I went to Tennessee. The Tennessee uh, no, I went to A&M uh, May of 
May of last year. You're going to have to start joining our Razorback road trips, man. Okay. I but but I remember back before the Super Bowl debacle with one Janet Jackson. Oh yeah. Where you could turn on Nipples. the TV and the radio and they both coincide. Oh yeah. So I remember cranking the TV down and turning Paul and Keith up. Oh yeah. Okay. Or Paul or or or, or rest his soul uh Paul Eels or Mike Nail and 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 uh, uh, Keith Jackson. Right. Chuck Barrett and Keith Jackson. Chuck Barrett and Quinn Grovey. Okay. I've I've I listening to it on the radio. My first game was the tennis that I can remember freshly was that Arkansas Tennessee game in 98. I can tell you exactly yeah. where I was, the play I was listening to. Right. I want to go to a game at Donald W Reynolds, but I've never but last year, first time ever stepping foot on the hill. Dude. You want to talk about I was like a little kid at Disney. So when did World. you go? Did you go? So you've seen the expansion, you've seen all that. Yeah, okay. I was there. I was there um <laughs> funny enough when I went to Bomb Stadium, they were still doing the construction. It was graduation day. It was okay. the day of the game. Yeah. Um and so we were just I mean a buddy of mine drove around and saw all the sites and then I went up again a few months later and saw some more of the sites and everything more in depth. Yeah. And then they had like the preseason Razor Fest or Hog Fest or whatever, right? Pep Rally car show thing, and that's when I actually went in, um, saw the stadium, and it, we even went to Fan Day last year. Mm-hmm. Saw that was, and that was my first time inside the stadium, on the field, looking up at at everything, the expansion, the new stuff, and everything else. Okay, so we're gonna remedy this. You, you, you're gonna have to clear your schedule for September 14th. Anybody got a schedule in front of them? Hang on. The Colorado State game? Yeah. We were talking. Six and tickets. I were, yeah, Katie. I, I, I'm, I'm grabbing six tickets, hopefully, in the next week or so. Katie so, and I were talking about it. Um, I don't know who all I'm taking with me, but I'll have two tickets. Okay. <laughs> so, you're going to go to a game on the hill. That's happening. But works, works for me. Yeah. I mean, so, we were looking at we were looking at upper upper bowl nosebleeds. No, nah, these point. are good seats. Uh, so. and, and the thing is, you know, we went to uh, we went to Ole Miss last year at, uh, at War Memorial. Yeah. In the rain, freezing cold, and... Uh, I was it. I thought it would be would be miserable, cold. These were pretty decent seats. There wasn't a bad seat. At There's War not Memorial. a bad seat at War Memorial, but when you go to that game with your five year old, it's miserable. Yeah, oh yeah. It's the only game I've ever left at halftime but because for, my son was like, "I'm done. I want to go for home." For somebody dad. who's been a a twenty year twenty plus year fan of the biggest school in the state, never stepping foot on the hill until last year. Okay, so this year you're going to one game, right? For sure. Right. Next year is probably the best home schedule in school history. Oh, absolutely. Um, so Is that Notre Dame game here? Or is no, that no, no. South it's Bend? there because we'll, I'm going to that. So um, Is it in Fayetteville or is it no, in no, South No, no, it's, it's in South Bend. Okay. That's um, what yeah, we're going. Uh, we're now, going. Oklahoma is I, – I cannot remember for the life of me what the schedule looks like last year. Oklahoma State is the following year. I think it's two after that, and we go to them too. We don't. Okay. We don't ever get the home first on the no. homes. I don't know why we get screwed on that. So yeah, that's happening. I'm just telling you. You better be ready for tickets next year because it works for me. Next year's next year's going to be a lot of fun. At Tennessee, that's oh. a, let me tell you, that stadium is. I a, saw him. He went. He went to my high school. He graduated several years after I did, but I went to. Um, I, I saw him when he was still at CAC and in, in North Rock. That kid had speed. Yeah. What do you think of Tennessee Stadium? Neyland? Yeah, that can't. That place is. Oh, I did. 
Yes, it's a dump. It's like a big concrete dump. It's like, and it's, if you've, if you've never been to the seats, it's literally like you're sitting on top of the person in front of you. It's straight down. And it was funny. The year we went and played, it was the last time we played at Knoxville, there was a hurricane. Yeah. And my wife and I, my family had decided to go on vacation on the East Coast. And that's when the hurricane hit. Well, my buddy and I, the Kentucky, I mean, the Tennessee game was, was perfect timing. And so we were just going to meet my wife. Well, like three days before, so we checked tickets before the season, like 200 bucks a pop. So three days before the game, it's like 100% chance of rain. And so my buddy and, and I jump on, like, on, on StubHub or whatever. We ended up getting tickets, I think, for like 35 bucks a piece. And we sat on the 45-yard line about, I think we were like the eighth row. And the people sitting next to us were Razorback fans, and they spent three fifty a ticket before the season started. They were sick when we were talking to them about what we paid for tickets because we just waited to the last minute. We get there, it didn't rain a drop. It rained the whole time. We get there, it didn't rain a drop. It was fantastic. That stadium is an absolute dump. Can't stand it. Now, this year, I get the, the opportunity to go to the Grove for the first time. So, I'm looking forward to that one. Going to be at Ole Miss. I was going to say Vaughn Hemingway. I'm just looking forward to going to the Grove. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a tailgater. You know the one, the the one I've, I've always wanted to know about, and I've heard so much about Death Valley. Yeah, I, now see, I've not been to that. I worked, I worked in in a, in an industry at the time that has never allowed me to be off when we played on the day after Thanksgiving, and now that I no longer do that, we don't play on that day anymore. So, and I think um, that's where that rivalry went south. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, it, it absolutely did. But that's so, a, that's another story for another time. That's a whole. Nother but no, day. I've I've twenty year veteran or twenty year. Uh, fan and it was 2018 when i first stepped foot on the hill for the very first time oh, that just throws me for all kinds of loops man and i, mean, I, I, I don't can, remember what we we're gonna talk about and i can time, i can right? tell you i can tell you without a shadow of a doubt i walked up and it was like oh wow yeah it's awesome but it was it was for somebody who's as big a fan as i am you know and again i don't have i don't have stuff plastered all over the walls but like you said I can take you back to the 60s. Right. 69 shootout. Quinn Grovey in the 80s. Dan, uh, 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 Dan Hampton. Jack Crow. Uh, um, Danny Ford. Ryan Sorehan. Zach Clark before he went to uh, another school. I mean. Uh, Where everybody. Every yeah. But, I mean, and, I every ex-Razorback quarterback coach. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, I'm, it, for somebody who follows the Hogs religiously like I do. And for never stepping foot on the hill, it was it was to me it was it was a it was a dream come true for me. I can mark it off my bucket list. No, it's never, not marked off until you go to a well, game. Well, but everybody, you know, everybody's like, oh well, I, I've been to the hill. It's not a to me. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, it's a lot of fun. When I walked, and again, I can I can sit here and swap stories all night. Um, my first Razorback game, War Memorial Stadium, two thousand six against Mississippi State. Okay. I thought it was going to be just like a normal football game. No. And you know how you have to, you walk into the concourse and it goes around and you have to actually walk up the ramp to actually get to uh, the stadium, inside the right. stadium itself, the bowl itself. Yeah. We had, I had gotten there right at when the gates opened. And there was already people in their seats. I walked up the ramp and I, look at me, I'm still getting chills to this day. <laughs> Uh, walked up the ramp and just all you saw was red. Oh yeah, and all I just for all I was awestruck, and you and that's what happens. You get awestruck. You're like, oh wow, and then you start getting you're like, yes, yes. 
Yeah, you need to go to like the Alabama game next year, or especially if we have a good season this year and the next year is kind of exciting. Um, those games will be a lot, a lot of fun. The Florida game a couple years ago, and we just curb stomped them all over the field. Yeah, um, that was a that was a loud, loud. When game. Uh, so I had going on back on that story, um, we had I had my my friend at the time, uh, and I went, and she had never been. I think I was a sophomore in college or something, and uh, we had this was before they put the no, the nets up. The, the All-State good hands nets where they caught the ball. Oh, they still don't do that at War Memorial. They, they do now. I think I think so. I think, though. I think so. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think they have the nets. I still have an old Miss football. I, I caught – I'm try, not trying to steal your story. No, but, but, but that you're, you're kind of leading where I – it was right right beside the, uh, the upright. So whenever they kicked a field goal or an extra point, it, right it landed right in – and 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 what was cool is I wasn't paying attention one at one time because another fan was sitting there chit chatting, right. and about the time I turned around, this football nailed me in the head. <laughs> so That's I went awesome. I went to class the next week with this giant bruise on the side of my face. But you had a story, but I had a story behind it. So next week I'll bring my I, I have an actual game used. Old Miss football. See, they wouldn't let me keep mine. Well, so here's <laughs> my story's fun. So, what did you do? <laughs> so, it was me and my wife who was like eight months pregnant at the time. So, she had this big old belly going on. You hit it in her belly, and, didn't and you? And then, and then my buddy Trent, who was there with us, and, and the, the ball comes flying. And it was the winning kick, like literally the kick that Old Miss kicked to win the game. Right. The ball bounces between me and my buddy Trent. He and I dive over my pregnant wife, grab the ball. And the ushers are coming up the stairs, and they're looking, and everybody's kind of pointing at us, and we shove the ball up my wife's shirt to match with the uh, with the baby bump, and out, out, out the door we went with a, with a football, and my buddy Trent's been mad ever since because I still have it. Wow. <laughs> so, good times. Well, all right, guys. I think we're getting the sign that we've probably went a long time, and Will's got a lot of work to do. Man, um, we could go all night. We could. Um, so... Last thing, my last point. I don't know what you got over there. No, I'm. This is all you, buddy. Well, so here's what I want to say. No, in crap. closing, there are people, and I won't name your Twitter handle, but there are certain individuals on Twitter that should really just shut up. You can. I, I'll give my Twitter handle Razorback Zach One. I'm not giving yours. You can talk all you want. Oh, okay. This, this um, this uh, anyway, this idiot is is my winner of the uh, stupidity of Razorback Twitter award for the week. Right. Um, Wesley Damaris. Oh, he did it. Oh my goodness. He threw it out there. Yeah. W at W Damaris. I thought you weren't going to do that. Well, you know, Hey, whatever. He's, he, he's got like 12 friends. So uh, this tweet about, he, I only have like three. So he, what do you, what does that say? Uh, we got to get you more friends and more Razorback games. He lied about there being no injuries. This is what he says about Chad Morris. Yep, this is this was also and on that, my list. And that there's talk a about. power struggle in the yep again with the uh, Joe Craddock. Yeah, between Craddock and and Morris. it's all based it's all based on his exchange with, with Bob Holt. with Bob Holt. Yeah, which is what I was trying to get to earlier. Yeah, he took from that that he lied. I don't see how he, he lied, and that he does know who he wants to be the quarterback. Wesley Don Maurice, you're an idiot. Okay, that's all I got to say. Shots fired. We'll have somebody new next week. Maybe Wesley again. Shots I'm probably, maybe, maybe he'll be an idiot. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Look forward to next week. We will officially It'll be, be in game, game week. week, baby. Until next week, game week it will be. We'll see you all later. Take care, everybody.